What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. <laughs> but um, we're on episode 73 of Goals and Updates. Let me just check this out, make sure everything's good before we get the show going. All right, got that set up. All right, so <clears throat> real quick, we're, gonna, we're on episode 73 of Goals and Updates, and uh, we're getting closer and closer to episode 100, which is amazing. All right, just to let you guys know, because uh, I would have never or imagined that I would have hit episode um, 73 or even getting closer to 100. Um, I'm trying, what's going to end up happening real quick, I'm going to give you some updates. Um, I'm going to, you know, give some updates on my life. That's that's why it's called goals and updates. And then we're going to go into two topics and we'll go into done deal investments and I'll explain what that is. Um, the two topics we're going to be talking about is uh, why work. And then the second topic is going to be uh, talk to others to expand your knowledge. And real quick, we're going to go into right now. Uh, some updates that I wanted to update you guys on in in my own life, so that that way you guys know I'm not, you know, I'm so the stuff that I'm telling you I'm reenacting in my own life, and that's kind of why I wanted the show to be called Goals and Updates. Now, real quick, um, some of the updates that have gone on is uh, I recently I've only been working at this job, this new job now for a month and a half. Um, we're about to hit the end of this week. So it's going to be about a month and three weeks, almost two months basically at this job. And when I, when I first started and turn that off, when I first, uh, sorry about that. I, uh, I linked, the uh, the computer to the, the text messaging through my phone. Um, but anyways, when I first started this job, I basically, uh, w- was very, very overwhelmed. Um, I'm not, I've never really dealt with uh, an overload of emails because it's basically my job title right now is I go and I, uh, I do a lot of customer email response and I didn't have a lot of, um, I've had experience with customer, you know, customer service and stuff like that, but I've never, I was never put in a position where I had to do like um, a timed amount of emails in a certain amount of time. So when I first started, I was very overwhelmed. Um, I was, I'd never, I wasn't used to clocking in at certain points and like not clocking in, it's kind of a bad term, more of like, uh, controlling exactly every second or every minute of my time at a job before. So, um, it, it kind of just gave me like an overwhelming feeling at first. And then from there, what basically happened was, you know, now I can tell you that, um, I, I've personally got to a point where I clock in 110% on the dot. Uh, every minute and every every second of the day, and then at the same time now I'm at a performance level where I'm I'm, I'm hitting the performance level, right? So now um, what they do, I'm saying I'm a lot. It's it's something I've been trying to work on, but what I what I've noticed is you know the this job is really about productivity. They want you to reach your numbers, which I've discussed in the last episode. I, I really think that's a big flaw within this company because that's that's what really doesn't make the customer service at this, this job that I'm at right now. A lot of people are trying to rush to get to the, to, to get to that product uh, productivity level of, um, you know, the blue, it goes blue, green, yellow, and red. And everyone's trying to hit the blue. Cause if you hit the blue, they'll give you a bonus. They give you like bonuses every month for hitting the blue and having a uh, perfect um, inheritance level levels. <laughs> Sorry. And so 
recently I've been hitting, I think it has to be like 45 emails or more to be in the blue or I'm, yeah, to hit, yeah, I think it's to hit the blue. Cause then you're going over the amount of numbers, but 45 and I think like 40, you'd hit the green. Now I've been hitting the green the last couple of, um, the last couple of days, which is amazing because like I said before, when I first started this job, I was highly, very, um, like very like overwhelmed. And then from there, I just, now I'm at a point where I'm like flying through certain emails and I only hit like maybe one email and I'm like, I don't, I don't really understand this one and I have to go get help. But uh, the point that I wanted to make was if you stick to whatever you're going to do and you really, you really try to exceed and uh, overdo what you what you think you're capable of doing, it's possible. And that's, that's the thing. Anything's possible, right? So that's, that's how I've been getting better at this job is like, I've just kept, you know, I've been listening to motivational videos every single morning. And I've just been telling myself, like, if these people that have been training me have started at the bottom and worked their way up and now they're, now they're hitting green and blue productivity levels and they're not making as much mistakes as they probably were when they first started off, I should be able to do that. So then what I started doing was um, every single time I went to my desk, I'd write down like, all right, 45, 45, 45. Now what I'm doing is I'm reinforcing, I got to hit 45 at the end of the day. I work eight hours a day, I got to hit 45 emails. So I'm constantly hitting, you know, I'm constantly hit, trying to hit that goal of 45 emails, 45, 45, right? That's all, I'm, that's all I'm writing down, 45, 45, a couple times. And what that's doing is it's reinforcing the goal that I have to hit. So like yesterday I hit 47 emails. Today I hit... 41 but I had to make a lot of cold calls today so what that means is I had to pick up the phone and randomly call a service provider and um, what they recently implied is uh, if if they're just missing payment like they have all their information for owner co it's just reimbursing the customer they paid the service provider and we reimburse them I have to pick up the phone randomly call a service provider that I don't know and give them the customer's name and be like hey did this person pay the bill fully right so that's another good thing that this job is going to do is going to allow me to do a lot more cold calling and that's going to get me better at selling because when I, um, when I have more time, because uh, what's going to happen is I'm going to have Tuesdays off. Pretty sure what's going to happen is I'm going to have Tuesdays off and then work on Saturdays and what's gonna, what it's going to open up is it's going to open up to do more cold calling uh, during the day. And from there, that's where I'm going to start pitching a lot of people on, uh, you know, I got to pick up a phone and, and basically just pitch done deal investments to people. And try to get and try to find deals and um, you know try to basically sell, which is the hardest thing. Most people most people don't want to do that. Most people don't want to pick up the phone. Uh, most of the people in my um, the place that I work at right now, they don't even want to make the simple cold call to the service provider. And it's it's one of the basic things. Uh, it's not hard because you're not selling anyone. Uh, they already know the company, so it's not as hard as making like a uh, sales cold call because they already know cross country home services and then they already know the customer you're um, asking for. So it's basically, they're just giving you a quick, you know, update on like if they paid or not, or if you need something else and you have to call them. Um, I've called customers before. Customers are a little bit more tricky because um, they're, they under, they know who you are still, but they're, they don't really understand what's really going on through the process. So it's sometimes you get people that are kind of, um, they kind of really don't, it's a little bit more challenging as than a service provider. Service providers going out there and they're servicing, they understand what's going on between the, the home warranty company and the, the job itself. 
the customer is kind of not as educated as a service provider. So it gets a little bit tricky when you're trying to describe certain elements to the customer. Now, that's, uh, that's one thing. So my performance has been going up every single day. Like I said, I've been trying to push myself with some motivational videos every single day, which I've been trying to, um, that's what I've been trying to enforce to people is like, you gotta, you gotta motivate yourself every single day. If you're not motivated every single day, you're not going to do what you want to, to accomplish within that day. It's not going to happen because everything around you is going to convince you not to go through with whatever you want to do. So you have to figure out how to motivate yourself every single day. Like, um, I'm going to go to the gym tonight, but you know, I really don't want to go, but I really didn't want to, um, I didn't really want to come on here and do this podcast, but I had to convince myself to come, come and do the podcast. Right. Uh, and it's not cause I don't like doing the podcast. It's just because it's just natural for you to kind of convince yourself not to do something. Now, uh, so that's the performance. Now I wanted to update you guys on a couple other things. Now goals and updates. I'm trying to get more people on here. I'm going to try to get my friend. I've already talked to my one friend Riker, um, who basically went through a traumatic thing in his life. He's trying to become a professional baseball player. He ended up having a heart condition. And basically from there, they told the, the first doctor told him that he would never be able to play uh, baseball again. They said, you know, it's a, you're in critical condition. Um, he basically, um, he basically, I'm trying to think of the, the terminology when um, you basically, your heart stops on the table. I can't think of it right now, but his heart basically stopped on the table and they had to shock him with the pads to bring him back. Now, um, I want to get him on the show because he went to the first doctor and that happened, right? And the doctor said, you know, there's no hope for you. You're not going to play baseball again. They went and got a second opinion on a different doctor. And he ended up becoming a lot better. The doctor um, told him that he can go play. He's been, you know, practicing baseball. He's back on the field. So I wanted to have him on here because he's kind of someone that, um, one of my best friends. And he went through something traumatic, which I kind of, ex I didn't experience it as fully obviously as he did, but it was something that was very traumatic that I, I had to go through with him in a sense. Um, and it, 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 I'm telling you, it wasn't a fun time for anyone because um, the, I think the, the craziest part was when I had, you know, I, was, I, I visited him for the first time because I wasn't there the, when his heart stopped on the table. I was in Orlando at the time when he was going through like surgery and certain things. And I came back and I, I saw him for the first time. And it was, it was a very depressing situation because you could tell he wasn't fully himself. He was uh, going through a lot of stuff. He's probably on medication. He, he was in a lot of pain. Um, he couldn't be around uh, certain electricity would set off, you know, they were scared it was going to set off um, a defibrillator they put in him. So, um, so, and then I remember going outside and talking to his mom and, and his, and his mom started crying and, you know, I kind of, you know, it made me want to cry and I had to like hold it in to be strong for her and I had to be strong for him. And it, 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 it was a, it was just a crazy, crazy time. And, um, he's doing a lot better now. That was, I want to say like five, six months ago, maybe. Um, and he's doing a lot better. Like I said, he's on the, the baseball field, he's practicing, he's working out and he's, he's doing a lot better. So I wanted him to come on to uh, goals and updates on one of these episodes. And I wanted him to tell you his story and then I wanted to um, do what we normally do, like what I had Fabrizio on here. And we could, you could talk about anything you want on my podcast. I don't really care. Um, as long as we, uh, you know, do the, the beginning part where it's an intro 
and then you're telling me like what your goals and updates, you know, what, what are your goals and, and what do you want to accomplish in life basically? Now that's one person that I want to get on here. I want to get another person, Daniel, who just qualified in second place at um, a Toastmasters competition, which I went in a phenomenal speech. Now for anyone that doesn't know, he did table topics. Table topics is harder than giving a speech because what they do is you go up in front of people in front of an audience and they give you a random topic to talk about. All right. They give you a random topic to talk about and you have to talk for about, I think it's one and a half minutes to about two and a half to three minutes. And he, he killed it. Like he did really well. He got second place. Now there's some phenomenal speakers there, by the way. Now, um, I want to get him on the show and I don't, uh, there's, we might do something on like the side. It might be like a different thing, like a different show, but uh, I might just have him come on goals and updates once in a while. And, and, and we'll do uh, motivational speaking and stuff like that on, on goals and updates. That's, that's one of the things, an idea that I had, cause I don't know what kind of show that me and him can do. We have to sit down and talk. I've been trying to meet up with him for the last couple of weeks. And, um, like either our schedules don't collide, like we are going to meet up and do an episode this or yes, tomorrow, not yesterday, tomorrow. And, um, my sister's coming into town, so I can't, I can't do tomorrow. So I told him we have to reschedule and he can't do weekends. So we're having this issue where our schedules aren't really colliding. And then, um, I got to figure something and I got to tell him ahead of time. So a little couple of things coming through that I'm trying to pull through for you guys for goals and updates. Um, those are the two people that I want. I have someone else that I'm kind of considering. And then I have Ashma who um, I don't think is coming until May who I want to get on the show as well. And then um, I'm going to just start reaching out to people maybe get Eli on the show. Eli just joined on Instagram. Maybe Eli wants to come on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to try to get as many people as I possibly can. And just, you know, that that's, that's the real idea is I want to get as many people on this show to give you a different perspective from different people. That's really what I want to do. Now, um, one more update and then we'll go into these topics. Uh, so Ashma, all right. So Ashma is one of my really good friends. I've talked about her a couple times on this show. And what ended up happening was I was going through a, a pretty crappy day. I, you know, I was, wasn't as motivated. It was one of those uh, off days where I wasn't that motivated. And Ashma hits me up and sends me this picture. And she's like, Hey, I thought of you when I read this, uh, this, this picture. Now I wish I could show you guys the picture. I can't, I'll post it on socials after this, but, um, it was a frog. It, it was a frog basically climbing up a tree. And then there's a bunch of other frogs around the tree watching the one frog climb the tree. And what it said inside the picture was, um, the frog wanted to climb the tree, right? So, and he had this vision of climbing the tree. So he started climbing the tree and he was deaf. He couldn't hear at all. He couldn't hear the other people around him. So when he started, when he had the vision of climbing the tree, he said, okay, I'm going to climb the tree and starts climbing the tree. And everyone else is like amazed that he's climbing the tree and they're all pointing at him and like speaking at him. And he makes it to the top of the tree. And uh, the saying goes in the, in the picture that, um, he thought, cause he was deaf, the frog was deaf that all the other frogs below thought, um, he thought they were egging him on like, Oh, keep going, go, go. Like you can make it to the top of the tree. Right. But in reality, they're all, they're all telling him negative information. They're like, Oh, that's impossible. You can't climb that tree. You can't do that. But because he was deaf, he too, he couldn't hear the negativity from the other people and thought they were encouraging to climb the tree. So in the saying it goes, um, if only everyone would live by this standard, 
of not listening to negativity in the world and would, and would basically tune out the negativity and only push themselves to go forward with positive energy and positive thoughts and positive attitudes. So that was the message of it. And when I read that, you know, I was, I wasn't in the best state of mind. I was kind of like at a, um, like a low point throughout the day. And I read that and I was like, I, I hit her up and I was I like replied back to her. I was like, thank you so much. Like I needed that. And then I went back to work and I produced like, I produced massive results as I was like, all right, like it motivated me to get out of the, you know, it made me realize like I'm thinking too negative right now. I need to flip the, flip the script and go po more positive uh, mindset or uh, viewpoint. Right. So you guys should be trying to have friends like that. Cause that's, that's, that's why I call a real friend. Right. I didn't ask for that. She just sent that to me. All right. And it, it just so happened that it was at the right place, the right time. And it, it, it flipped my, uh, momentum into uh, you know stronger a stronger force towards positive uh, positivity. Now, um, that's what you should be aiming for. You, I, if I was if I was anyone listening to this, that's what I would be aiming for. I mean, that's personally what I am aiming for. But if I was you, that's that's the friends that I would want. The friends where I call them or they call me and they go, "Hey, you're not doing this. You should be doing that. What happened to you telling me that you're going to do this?" And they hold you accountable. So that's that's who you want around you. Uh, when I was on vacation with my friend Jimmy, uh, he woke me up at seven in the morning, and it, and uh, it was technically my vacation, and I was trying to sleep in. Right? He woke me up and he said, "Man, you're burning daylight savings. What are you doing?" Right? So in my mind, I'm like, "Damn!" Like he's right, and I got right up, and all all the tiredness went away. Got a cup of coffee, got up, went out outside with him, and we did stuff. Right, we went out and we had a good time in the morning. After I partied the night before, right, and I was tired, but he, he convinced me that you know I am burning daylight savings. Let me fix this. Kind of, kind of uh, going a little out of the game, but um, so I got up and and we did stuff. Now that's what you want. You want people like that that are surrounding you. You don't want the people that are like, oh, you should be sleeping in. You should, you know, you should half-ass this and half-ass that. And oh, did you hear about this? Um, you know, I, I've, uh, I, I don't know. Well, everyone probably knows this, but the burning of that church, uh, the Notre Dame church, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I had no idea about that. You know how I found out about that? From 30 other people that mentioned the Notre Dame church burning down. All right. So I'm just letting you know that you got to be aware that there's a lot of negative crap out there. All right. I didn't ask to know about that. I didn't, you know, not that I don't care. I mean, that's, that's a serious issue, but um, you're going to find that people are doing that. People are going to throw their negativity and whatever they saw. And um, that just goes to show you how, how uh, negativity is so powerful that, People feel like they have to tell you things before you didn't even ask them, right? I didn't ask about the, the church burning down. People just started talking about the church burning down, right? Um, just because that's what's on their mind. It's literally what's on their mind. They heard it on the news, and now that's, that's literally what's taken over their whole entire day is uh, the, the church burning down in Paris, uh, the, Notre, the Notre Dame, I think you say, church, all right? Um, now, real quick. We're going to get into these two topics, why work and talk to others to expand your knowledge. Now, um, the why work one's going to be a good one, but I'm telling you the last one, I put the la I put um, talk to others to expand your knowledge last because it's going to be a good one. Now, 
let's talk about why work. Now, there's a reason why you should want to go to work. Now, the, the reason why most people go to work is the wrong reason you go to work. Most people just go to work to get a paycheck and go home. You go to work to prosper, right? You go to work to have purpose. You go to work to achieve something bigger than yourself. If you just go to work to collect the paycheck, you're not going to succeed at that job. That's why a lot of people, when they go to work and they're miserable and then it shows on their face or um, they, they, don't, they don't commit fully to the job and they half-ass it, it's because they're going there for a paycheck. They're not going there to prosper. They're not going there to succeed. They're going there because they feel like they're forced to go to work and uh, they, they get stuck. They're just like, okay, I'm just gonna, <clears throat> I'm just gonna uh, work this job, and I'm gonna go home and collect a paycheck. Um, I don't do that. I, I really try 110% to meet new people at the job. I try uh, to overextend the limitations that the company wants. I try to um, at Broward College before this job, I was doing volunteering work with uh, the BC Cares. So I tried to get more involved in the community through the company. And that's something that I'm going to try to do with this company. Though I haven't seen anything like too – with this company, I haven't seen anything too like dramatic that I want to um, do. But when I went to um, Toastmasters yesterday, the one girl did her icebreaker – or the one lady, I should say. She's not a girl, a lady um, – said she's a community activist, meaning like she, she does um, community involvement projects. So I can easily go to her and be like, hey, uh, if you have anything um, like this weekend, you know, on a, on a Sunday or a day that I'm off, let me know and I'll go and I'll help out, right? So there's plenty of ways you can get involved. I don't have to use the company to get involved with the community. But um, if, your if your company does that, the company you work for, I would highly recommend that you go and get more involved in the community through that company. First of all, it looks better on your part because most people will not do it. I, I promise you that. Most people will not go and volunteer their time at the company um, for events like uh, events with the company. They won't do it. Now, um, the real reason I go to work, you know, I do need money. It is a paycheck, but that's not the real reason I go. It's because it's purpose for me. Like, there's a bigger purpose that I'm going to work for. And that's, that was the problem when I, when I first started working at Broward College, um, for, for the first, because I worked there for about two and a half years, I want to say, almost three years. The first half or uh, half a year, basically, the first five months, six months, roughly, um, I basically, I was stoked. I was ecstatic, right? Because at first I'm like, okay, they gave me this job and I have no experience in this field. Right. And I was working with some of the top notch people. I was going and driving uh, to a city job and I'm like, damn, I, you know, I'd never even thought about, you know, I was going to Fort Lauderdale in the, in the big city, big skyscrapers, like 25 story skyscrapers. And I'm like, you know, I'd, I'd go into the, my boss's office and the helicopter would fly past the office. And I'm like, damn, yo, this is amazing. Right. After a while, it, it started to fade away. And I started going into a little bit of depression. I was like, all right, like I, you know, this is the typical nine to five that everyone warns you about. Like, I don't really like this. Like, it, like a bunch of different things hit me at once. And I started going into this depression stage. And the reason why I was going into the depression stage is because I lost my purpose through that company at that time. 
I lost the drive. I lost the motivation. I lost the per the bigger picture of why I'm working there. And so what happened was I was just going there to collect the paycheck. Right. So when I, when I, that's, that's when I started getting a little depressed at that job. Now, once we moved, another thing too, was I, I didn't, I didn't really get to socialize with a lot of people because my office, I didn't have an office. I had a little cubicle outside and everyone else had an office. So the only time I talked to people was when I went to lunch with them or when um, we had a meeting and they involved me in the meeting. But when they tore down that building and we moved to the Davy campus, we were all on top of each other when we were working. Like the cubicles were right next to each other. It was a small space we were working at. So it forced us all to communicate better. And that's when it, like things started changing because then I'm like, all right, I got to know this person. I got to know that person. I got to know um, the manager. I got to know the boss better. Like that's when I started bonding with people at the company and I started realizing like, all right, this is, this is the skill set this person has. This is the skill set I have. This is the skill set that person has. And we would work together as a team. It became, we became more of a team when we moved to the Davie campus than at the Fort Lauderdale campus. And that's when I started telling myself that, all right, I, th this is the purpose. That's when I started discovering who I was as a business person, because that was the first job that I really got where um, I, ha I got to play with different resources. I got to play with different skill sets. I got to do multiple different things with this company. I, I did like, I picked billboard locations. I picked what was going on the billboards. I um, ran the social media for Broward College for a little bit. I went and did, um, what is it called? Uh, SEO, I learned SEO for them. I went and did like PDF certifications. I went and did um, website designing, uh, customer service response through like social media. I did a bunch of different stuff and like a lot more at that job that I just, you know, I can't remember everything I did because I did so many different elements of it. And what happened was that's when I started finding myself and I was like, all right, this is the purpose of going to this job. I'm going to find out what I'm good at. I'm going to find out what I'm not good at. And then I'm just going to try to move forward with it and use that as a, uh, a foundation or uh, for a bigger purpose to set for myself. And then um, from there, I just, you know, that, that's, that's what changed the depression of going to that job. At this job that I'm at right now, it's a little bit different. It's more, this is what they, the job I'm at right now is more, um, it's more of that nine to five they warn you about. Because every, it, you feel like you're trapped. Like they have full control over you and you have no control over yourself. And that's the scariest part about this job is um, they, they, they clock your every um, second of your day at that job. And then they basically like, like they basically deduct things. Like if you don't do exactly uh, what they want in the sense of like showing up on time, which, you know, it's that you should be showing up on time, by the way. Um, but like little things like they'll basically they'll basically penalize you for that are like a little tedious and a little petty. And then from there you just feel like, you know, I did all this work and that they're penalizing me for little things. And then you get, you get mad. Um, and like your time and everything, which is the big thing. And then they want your productivity level high. So you feel, and then you have to request days off and then everyone requests the days off that you want. So you have to request it in months at, at a, at advance, um, advanced time you have to give them months and months of like way before you're going to take the days off so it's a little bit difficult at this job now uh, I think the problem that most people have is they look at it as like a long-term thing when they should be looking more at a short-term thing like I don't plan on working at that company for 20 years I plan on working at that company for two or three years 
get what I need to get, get some experience in, in that field of the call center, get, um, you know, get some other benefits from it, basically, uh, like paid education or reimbursement, tuition reimbursement, different things. And then, you know, obviously go and figure something else out, right? I'll plan on staying with this, uh, this company forever. And most of the people there, that's, that's, they get stuck in the nine to five uh, settings where they're there for 20 plus years. There's a lot of them there that are there for 20 plus years. But um, when you go to work, go and try to challenge yourself to figure out a bigger purpose of why you're at that job. Is that, that's what's going to save you. If, you. if you can figure out a bigger purpose at that job, you won't feel depressed. You'll easily be able to outdo the negativity. Because trust me, at the, at the workplace that I'm at, the environment is terrible. Like, it's the worst environment I've ever been in, in the sense of, like, people are very racist there. People are, um, they're very negative. Uh, they constantly try to tear other people down. They talk a lot of crap about the, the, their fellow coworkers. Um, uh, you don't, they don't really recognize certain people that should be recognized at the company. It's basically everything inside the company that, uh, most people I really think would not, um, it's kind of what you hear a lot about like a, a corporation job uh, where like they're not really like taking care of the employees. They're not really um, trying to create a better work environment, you know, that kind of thing. But what gets me through that is I have a bigger purpose. If I didn't have the purpose, trust me, I would have quit a month ago. Because if I didn't have drive, I didn't have motivation, I didn't have the purpose to be there for why I'm really at that job. I telling you, I would have quit. There's no doubt about it. I would have quit. If I had the mindset as I did before, I created the mindset I have now, I would not be there. Now, I'm trying to give you, I feel like I gave you some examples within that. I'm trying to think if I can, um, trying to think if I can give you like something else to go on with the, the why work. But uh, I honestly think like, I think people go to work, like some people don't even work. Like, that's the one thing I think they mess up in college is most students go full time at college and then they don't work or they work like a little like side gig, which is, which is fine. Um, but the, the bigger problem is like a lot of them don't work. A lot of college students stay home. They don't work a, a, a job on the side as they're going to school. They just consider school as their job. And I think that's the biggest mistake. I think the younger you can work and build the work ethic I think that's, you'll have a way greater chance of being successful in life than um, not working. Because that's the big thing right now is welfare, which I'm going to, um, I'm going to talk about uh, an, an issue that I, I talked about with someone else within the next topic. So I'm not going to talk about welfare right now, but that's the big thing basically is like people don't really want to work and you'll hear that anywhere you work. The first thing I always hear people talk about is I can't wait to have the day off. I can't wait. It's Friday. I'm going to be off Saturday and Sunday. Or, um, or like the one, the one person that I was sitting next to today, he's going to New York and he's like, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to call out tomorrow. I'm going to call out tomorrow and not work. And, uh, and then I'll have an extra day that I'm not working. And then I'm going to go to New York the next week. Right. So the culture, the culture in society, at least in the United States, I don't, I don't, you know, it could be in other countries too. I just don't know enough about other countries. But in the United States, uh, the culture is like work, you know, half-ass work, and then go home and take a bunch of days off and just relax. That's the culture here. Like no one wants to work. So if you can discipline yourself to go and work, 
you'll you, you'll be if you could only it only takes a little bit of discipline to go and work right and and outwork everyone else you'll you'll outdo everyone you'll be the most successful person in the world because most people don't want to work all right most people don't want to show up most people don't want to go to a meeting. Most people don't want to volunteer their time at the job. Most people don't want to do anything related to work. They hear work, they, 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 they say, I want to go home. I don't want to work. So if you can figure out a way to create more purpose when you work, trust me, you'll succeed. Now I'm going to go to the next topic. This topic is probably going to be the best topic. So I'm telling you, you're going to want to tune in for this. Talk to others to expand your knowledge. Now. I've talked to a lot of different people within my 23 years of life. Now, that's the one big reason I joined Toastmasters is because it's like a networking hub. We have new guests almost every single week, and I get to meet different people from different business points of views, from different cultures. We had two people join us last uh, or yesterday, and they're both lawyers. Uh, the one, the one lady that joined a week ago that just became a Toastmaster and joined as a member was, um, was this lady Beverly. And she's the one that I was just telling you about where she does, uh, she's a, uh, what do you call it? A, a community organizer for events for like volunteering. And she, and she basically commits some of her time to organizing these events to help clean up like, uh, poor cities or, um, you know, put on like events that's going to help out, maybe like help feed the homeless or some, something of that nature. I don't know exactly what kind of events she puts on, but those are the tip, you know, that when I imagine what she would be doing, it's those types of events. Now I get to talk to those people every single time I go to Toastmasters, if they show up. And then at the very end, you normally stay and you socialize with different people. Now, there's a lot of different people there. There's one guy that works at, he's a uh, landlord for multifamily units or homes. And that's something that, excuse me, that's something I want to eventually do is, is become a landlord or become, uh, you know, an investor in multifamily, which I do have a little bit of money tucked away in multifamily, but I want to own property. Like I don't want to go into deals and be just an investor. Like I want to physically own the properties. That's the, that's my main goal um, in my future. Now there's other people that are like, there's one guy who's a DJ. There's one guy that um, is uh, a salesperson for, uh, you know, for something else. There's a lot of people there own their own companies, by the way, too. So that's pretty motivational too, because you know, I started done deal investments and I don't have a lot of people in my friends of, you know, my circle of friends where I can basically go to and get advice or ask them a question on business. So I normally go to them and I talk to them. Now, um, the reason I came up with this question is about, about, uh, it was Sunday. No, it was Saturday night. My friend came into town, Jimmy, when I was kind of bring up Jimmy and it was, uh, my other, his brother Costa's birthday, uh, this last week. So they had this little get together at their house. I've met their, I've met their parents a couple times. Um, and I've never really had like a, I've never really had a one-on-one -on -one with their, with their, uh, their father or their, they call him his, their stepfather. Cause I don't, I don't think it's their biological father, but I've never got to sit down with him. Now they work for their, their stepfather in construction. And I, you know, I'm, a, I'm pretty curious in that work, uh, that field of work, just because like that's, you know, construction is basically everything. You look at any structure in a society, it's, it was built by someone. 
right? And it was it was built by construction workers. So his dad has to have a lot of knowledge if they're traveling, you know, they're traveling basically the world and they're doing these jobs. So their father is definitely um, a salesperson and I wanted to sit down with him and talk to him and I got that opportunity this last Saturday. I ended up going over there uh, for, you know, uh, Costa's birthday. I sat down at a chair and I got to talk to, I got to talk to more of his family too, by the way. I got to talk to uh, their brother, George. I got to talk to um, their uh, their sister, Georgia. I got to see Eli, who's a really good friend who I've been talking to for a, a while now, like probably years now, uh, who always shows me support. Every single time I see him, he's like, it's a done deal, man. Done deal, right? So he promotes me, right? He promotes me. So I'm like, all right, man, like, hell yeah, right? And that that's my boy, Eli, by the way. Um, but anyways, so, and then I got to talk to their dad. Now, what ended up happening was a lot of people left the table at some point, and I got to talk to him and I think their brother George at the time. And it was just like the three of us kind of kind of talking at a certain point. And we ended up talking about construction. We ended up talking about real estate. And when I was sitting down with him, by the way, uh, they're all Greek. It's a Greek family. All right. So I don't, I don't necessarily fit. I like they'll talk in Greek sometimes. I don't understand. But the point that I'm trying to tell you is sometimes, you know, at first when they started talking, when I would sit down with them and they would talk in Greek, you feel a little uncomfortable. You don't know what's going on. Like, uh, like I didn't, I don't, I don't know what they're saying. Right. So I felt a little uncomfortable now. Um, not at that particular time, but like when I first met, you know, their family and stuff and they were talking Greek, it, you know, a little, a little weird, kind of almost like when I was dating, like my ex, uh, girlfriend who was Vietnamese and they were talking Viet, uh, Vietnamese and it'd be a little weird. I didn't know what was going on. Now, um, I'd sit at this table and we're talking, you know, I'm talking to his dad and I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I really, Cause it, cause their, his parents really like me. And I think it's just because like, I did a really good first impression. Like I always tell you guys, first impression is key. And he's talking to me and he's like, yeah. So like, what do you, like, what are you trying to do? Like, um, you still going to, you going to college, you doing this. And I tell him, yeah, I went to, you know, on my last class of college and I'm like, I'm trying to get more into real estate. And I'm like, what I'm going to start doing is adding on home inspections. So we were talking about home inspections and that's how we got into real estate. And he was telling me like, you know, you gotta, you gotta go get certified in this. And we were talking about like certain issues that some uh, home inspectors run into. And then he was talking about real estate and um, we're talking about like, climate. We got, he talked a little bit of politics. Now, if anyone has watched other podcasts before, um, like everyone should know by now, it's no secret. I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty highly conservative person, right? Politically, I would align myself with the conservative party. And I don't know what political side they all fall on. All I know is Jimmy always says he doesn't like politics. Uh, same thing with Costa. Uh, most, you know, so I don't, I don't know what their family typically is. I don't know if they're Democrat, Republican, Independent. You know, I don't, I don't know. So, and every single time I go over um, to one of their houses, it's always CNN. So I just assume that uh, I assume in a certain way that they're probably more aligned with the Democratic side on viewpoints, right? What's up, Jimmy? Uh, it's so funny, Jimmy just joined. So, uh, so I, so I don't, I don't, I don't know, right? But um, yeah, hell yeah, man. You, you know, it's so funny, Jimmy always joins and he's always like, he's always like Tyler Dunn for president. 
<laughs> you never know, man. You never know. But um, but anyway, so, uh, so I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know what uh, I don't know what side they align on, right? Um, and the the point that I'm trying to make here is I was sitting down. Oh, by the way, Jimmy, I'm I'm talking about uh, when I came over Saturday night, and then I was gonna talk about Sunday. We're talking about right now. Talk to others to expand your knowledge. So I was trying to I was trying to build this viewpoint. Um, but uh, I, so I I don't I don't know right. I don't know the the side that they're on. Now when I was talking to him, they were t- he was talking about um, how he was an immigrant, right? How he came here as an immigrant and that. For 15 years, he was hustling because he couldn't—he he couldn't really make it. Basically, like he didn't have papers when he came here. He was trying to make it, trying to do different things, and he didn't have the resources as a citizen would have. And he said that's what—that's what drove him to be more disciplined with uh, with work ethic, and that's how he created the business, and that's how um you know that's why he push. He's like I push my kids to you know to basically be polite, to do certain things, to work. Cause he's like, I don't believe in not working. He's like, I'm a hard worker. I believe in that. And he said, I never depend on the government. So he's like, I don't believe in, in this, in, um, in basically relying on the government to give me money. He's like, I never took government handouts. I don't believe in it. I hate it. I don't like it. So right off the back, I was like, so what you're talking about, I'm pretty sure is welfare. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so like, you don't believe in welfare. And he's like, no, I don't. So right there, like, it, cause it was kind of shocking. Cause like, I didn't, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys right now. It's like, I had an episode before where you never judge the person in front of you. You can have assumptions, but never assume a hundred percent that that's the outcome. Because when he told me that it automatically told me that he doesn't believe in welfare. So he might, he doesn't align himself on the democratic side with that. He doesn't believe in government handouts. Sorry. <clears throat> like, sorry. <laughs> but he doesn't believe in uh, government handouts. And so he doesn't believe in government involvement with, uh, with people. He believes that everyone should work hard and earn their own, own keeps uh, or own money and their own way in life. Right. So, I don't, like I said, like, I still don't know what side he politically puts himself on. I still don't know if he's Democrat, Republican, independent. It doesn't matter. I don't look at him any different if, if he was Democrat, Republican, or independent, right? I would, like, it doesn't matter to me. But it was just interesting because he watched a lot of CNN, so I assume that he's probably more on that side, that political area. But he was talking, he, he was not for welfare. Now, we ended up talking about climate change. This is where I got really, really interesting, all right? Because they're constantly pushing that on CNN, by the way, climate change. Uh, you heard it with like Green New Deal and everything. And um, he was like, I don't believe that, I don't believe that uh, climate change is as serious as they're trying to make it to, uh, make it to be. And, I, and, I, and, and he brought up the point that I think I've talked to, I don't know if I've ever brought this up on, on this podcast before. But um, he brought up the point of like, you know, the, the earth's been changing for years on years, for millions of years, basically, like hundreds of years, probably not millions, hundreds of, uh, hundreds of thousands of years. And like, like we know Pangea, like the earth or the continents used to be one full big continent where we used to call it Pangea. And then the tectonic plate shifted 
right? And we got now we got different continents, and we're not we're not attached as one continent, right? He was talking about that. He was talking about how the climate has always been changing um, and stuff like that. So he said, like, I don't really believe in the climate change that they're they're expressing. Like we've been constantly changing throughout time. So so right off the bat, that he would align more with the Republican Party on that, because the Republican Party believes you know, climate change exists. They just don't believe it's as crazy or as, uh, as rapid pace as the left or the democratic party aligns it to be. So right there, there's, you know, he's, he's more aligning with the Republican party now. Um, so that's where it got interesting when we were talking about that. Now we talked about real estate too. And he ended up talking about, and I was like, you know, I really love, uh, I really love talking to, to people and that's where I really get a lot of my, my knowledge from is talking to random people in different fields that I have no idea, you know, what that is. And I was like, um, that, that's why I, I like talking to you because I'm like, you have the wisdom and the knowledge, right? You've lived all these years. You have the wisdom and the knowledge where you can tell me what mistakes you've made. And I can, I can basically correct those mistakes on my own. And so he went in and he was saying like, uh, you know, it's kind of weird that you said that because you know, if I could go back in time, he's like, I'll tell you the biggest mistake that I made. And he's like, if I could go back in time, he's like, I would have invested in real estate. He's like, uh, there's a property on, um, I forgot the area that he named. It was somewhere in Coral Springs. And he's like, at the time when I first moved down to Coral Springs, that property was worth four grand. He's like, you know how much money that, that property is worth right now? $4 million or like a million dollars. I think he said it was like $4 million. He's like, if I would have bought that at the time, I would have been, I would have been $4 million richer. Like it's a, it's a crazy jump in profit right there. And he's like, that's what I would tell you is like, start investing in real estate, start, um, start learning young in real estate. And then that's where you should be investing your money and learning. And, and I, I was really impressed because um, I wasn't expecting him to say that. I wasn't expecting him to say, go invest in real estate. And, and that was going to be his reason for What's up, Eric? Um, I, I didn't think that that was going to, that's what he was going to tell me was his big mistake. But um, the point that I'm trying to make to you guys is uh, you, you want to talk to other people. Now I've talked to hundreds of other people with different things and um, I always get different, you know, it's always good to have different viewpoints from other people. Uh, if I needed, if I need, if, if I needed something to do with, um, multifamily, I already have a guy that I would go to for multifamily and ask him questions. It'd be the guy from Toastmasters, which I've talked to him about real estate before with multifamily. Um, if I needed help with, uh, you know, I needed a lawyer. I kind of have a person I'd probably go and talk to about, you know, issues with, uh, with legal matters. So the point that I'm trying to make to you guys is you constantly want to talk to new people. The reason you want to expand talking to new people and never judge the person that's in front of you is because that person might have more knowledge and more experience in something that you need, right? You can't learn, you can't, you're not going to know everything. There's no way you're going to know everything. And if you can get people uh, and become friends with people that maybe um, have been in, in a certain job field for 30 plus years or 15 plus years, and they have a lot of knowledge, they've constantly, you know, they're constantly educating themselves on it. They're constantly been in um, experience of that type of field or that type of work. They can help you, right? 
Um, I never, I never look at anyone that, and I never say like that person can't help me because who knows, like maybe they can't help you right now. Maybe you don't, maybe you run into a lawyer and you don't need a lawyer right now, but maybe you'll need a lawyer in, in, in a year, five years, 10 years, and you can go to that person for help. Right. So you need to start talking to more people and you need to be a little bit, I think the biggest problem is people are not open-minded. They're not open-minded to, uh, the fact that the person next to them can help them. The person, uh, maybe if they went to this meeting, they'll meet someone that can help them out. Um, the first thing that we always do is we judge the other person. And that's the biggest mistake that, uh, that's the biggest mistake that I can honestly say that, uh, I've made hundreds of times before. I just, I just recently started to catch myself on that. And I recently started to, uh, you know, try to change that mindset, try to change that, uh, you know, catch when I'm trying to, when I'm judging someone or, um, I'm doing something, you know, that maybe isn't right towards that person. So the, the question there, the, the idea that I'm trying to give you is that you never know who you're going to be talking to. You never know who you're going to be sitting next to. And that person can literally give you knowledge of years of pain and suffering that that person went through. And you can basically escape everything else. You can escape those people's mistakes by them giving you the knowledge. Um, and that's why, like, whenever I go to a bar, I try to talk to someone. Whenever I go to a meeting, I try to meet someone new. Whenever I go to uh, the lunchroom, I try, the lunchroom is a little difficult because everyone's trying to eat. They're not really trying to socialize. It's a little bit more difficult, but I try to meet new people. When someone comes up to me and introduces themselves, I shake their hand and introduce myself, and I try to talk to them for a minute or two. So the next time I run into them, I can talk to them about something. Now, um, I'm trying to think, I'll give you another example. Oh, so anyways, so here's a, here's a good one too, because, uh, I want to continue off that, um, off the other one. So I went, you know, I went to their house on Saturday, did the, did the party or whatever. And then at the end, they offered me to come with them Sunday to go to, um, their Orthodox Christians. Now I'm Catholic, right? It, there's there's a there's not much of a difference in the religion they basically they basically believe exactly the same thing their holidays are just a little bit different like our easter is this sunday their easter would be a week from sunday right um they they just it, it's slightly different the way they kind of like worship and stuff but everything's basically the same now they offered me to go to um church with them and i i, I thought about it for a second because normally i go to my church and I'm like, oh, my mom's not going to be happy about this. But what happened was I said, you know, screw it. It's going to be an opportunity that I might not get again. I can, I can, you know, I can always go back to my church, um, like next Sunday, right? Like this Sunday, I'm going to go to my church. But um, I'm like, it's going to give me an opportunity to go and get put outside my comfort zone and go to another church, meet new people and bond with them more. And at the same time, I'm going to learn a little bit uh, about a different type of religion. That's not my religion because I'm open-minded. I want to learn more. I want to know more, right? And uh, it was weird too because the Saturday night before that, the, the, before that Sunday, we were talking about religion and um, how they were talking about uh, – oh, by the way, real quick, because we were talking about different things with political, uh, like politics and stuff, but – um, they were basically talking about they don't believe in multi-different uh, genders. They believe that there's man and woman, and those are the two genders. 
that would be more a Republican standpoint, not a Democratic standpoint. And the other thing that was really interesting too was um, they believe that the reason why certain things are happening is because we're taking away God, right? You're taking away God out of like schools or they're trying to take away uh, the principle of God out of a lot of community things, a lot of different elements where they're trying to, um, the left or Democrats are really trying to push more, a little bit more of an atheist approach where they, you know, they're trying to get rid of the God element. And that would, would again align them more on the Republican side point or, you know, um, like on their beliefs, basically on the Republican side. Uh, so if they do, this is the point I wanted to get to you. Um, let's say they are, they do register as Democrat. It just, you know, they, they really don't align on that side if they are. It's because they're, they're just not, the information is twisted. And I don't think they understand that. But like I said, I don't know if they're Democrat, independent, or Republican. They could be independent for all I know. And maybe they just choose, you know, what to believe on each side. I don't know. But the, the point is that it was interesting talking to them because I always assumed that they believed in certain elements because of what they were watching, right? And then once I sat down and started to talk to them, I realized they actually more align on a different perspective, on a different side, uh, more of a Republican standpoint rather than a Democratic stand or a Democrat standpoint. Now, um, so anyways, I go to this church, right? And it 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 wasn't it it really wasn't comfortable. Like I'm gonna be bluntly honest with you, I wasn't really comfortable when I was at the mass. Um, they they talked a lot in Greek, so I didn't really understand. Uh, what they were saying some of the time. Um, it felt a little bit more spiritual because Catholics are, I, I like to consider Catholics a little bit more laid back. They don't, they don't use Latin. They don't, they use English. They kind of, um, they use holy water when you first come in. They didn't do that at this church. They didn't use holy water uh, when, and they worshiped a lot of, um, it was more worshiping at this church. Or I guess, I think that's more of the religion of the Orthodox um, Christians, they're, they're a little bit more worshipy. Uh, in a Catholic church, they don't go to the altar and worship a lot. Uh, they do worship, but they don't worship as much as uh, like Orthodox Christians is what I, what I, basically what I picked up on when I went to this Orthodox uh, Christian church. And what ended up happening was um, they don't use, uh, Catholics use crackers as the body of Christ they use more of like realistic bread. Like it was more bread, um, like real bread almost, which is, you know, a little, you know, it was a little weird for me because, and I didn't know how to receive it. Like I kind of just, I, I went like this. That's how Catholics go up and they receive the, um, the body of Christ, which is like a cracker wafer, like a wafer cracker. I kind of said that word. But um, so I went up like this and got the bread. I don't think anyone really did that. But uh, I, what I realized in this too is they, they kissed the priest's hands um, they went up and they, uh, they, they, uh, drink the wine, which my church doesn't do. I think they used to do it. I don't think they do it anymore just cause like, like germs and stuff. But, um, but the point is that I, I went outside my comfort zone and I tried to go to a different, I tried to go to a different church, but everything, the funny thing was everything was structured exactly the same. They did a homily. The, the priest did a homily, which was a phenomenal homily. I went up to him and I said, Hey, it was really good. Um, he talked about um, um, Apollo, Mission Apollo, or Apollo 13, I believe. And he went in and did his homily off that and, and basically like faith. 
And um, basically he said what happened was, um, I think it was Apollo 13 that he was talking about. During that mission, I'm uh, just going to briefly talk about because it, it was very inspirational and motivational, which is, you know, which was like amazing. I've never heard a priest really do that before. But he was talking about the mission Apollo 13, right? And what happened was there's something that happened, like an explosion in the ship or something like that. And they were having problems coming back to Earth. And so they were just orbiting. And uh, a lot of people thought they were going to die up there. And what ended up happening was they came back safely down to, uh, to Earth. And someone asked him or asked the people or the astronauts that were in Apollo uh, mission, Apollo 13, right? I don't know why I'm trying to go with, with that point. But anyways, um, and asked him, how did you guys survive that, that crazy situation when most people would have been freaking out, panicking, and probably would have just like, like basically just panicked and basically probably like killed themselves because they just panicked so much. Um, how did you guys get through that? And they said it was faith. They just believed that God was going to basically take them back to earth. And uh, so that, you know, obviously it was a longer homily than what I just gave you, but the whole point of it was pretty interesting where he was saying that it was faith that basically brought them back down to earth through a traumatic um, crisis that was happening up in space uh, during that mission. And which is, which is pretty crazy. Now, when I went, you know, and the reason I'm, exp uh, you know, sharing this to you with the, the church and like going outside your comfort zone is because sometimes, you know, sometimes we do get really comfortable. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm, I am a religious Catholic. When I say religious, I mean, like I try to go every single Sunday um, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get more into like the Bible and verses and scriptures and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and it was kind of weird when I went to this church, I did not feel comfortable at first when I got through, when I pushed through that, that uncomfortableness or, you know, being uncomfortable, I then, um, met a lot of interesting people at the, at the end. Cause then we went to the community center and they had breakfast I got to sit down with certain people. I got to meet the priest. I got to uh, meet some of their, uh, some of like Jimmy's family, some of their Greek family. So it, it was kind of interesting. Now I got to bond with them more, you know, his, his physical family that I normally see when I go and hang out with Jimmy or Costa, or I go and see Eli once in a while. So it was, it was very interesting and it was an amazing experience. And um, I, you know, if, if you're, if you're religious um, I, I challenge you to go and experience a different side of a different religion because it, it really is crazy. And you'll start to see there's a lot of connections where a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that certain religions believe in are kind of basically the same. They might worship, they might worship things a little bit differently, but basically they kind of almost all believe in a similar basis or like a higher power in a sense. And it's, uh, it's pretty interesting when you actually try to get yourself out of your comfort zone and start learning about that stuff. Um, I highly recommend it. Now, um, real quick, I'm going to go into Dundee Investments and then we'll wrap this up. But um, start talking uh, real quick. I'm going to wrap this topic up. Talk to other people to expand your knowledge. Right? It's so crucial. If, um, if you believe you know everything, you're going to lose everything. Why? Because you're never going to go and experience new things. You're never going to go and talk to new people to go and get more knowledge from someone else. 
Um, you're going to rely on yourself constantly. And I really think that's a big mistake that most people do is they're trying to, um, they're trying to basically like rely on themselves 110%, which you should rely on yourself majority of the time, but you want to start building those connections and going out and meeting new people. It's all about meeting new people. Now, um, I'm going to do done deal investments and we're going to wrap this up. So Real quick, for anyone that doesn't know, my name's Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments where the deal is already done. Now, what this company is designed to do is it's designed to help a distressed seller and meet them with an investor. Uh, so the distressed seller could be anyone. Um, they could have liens on their property. They could be in pre-foreclosure. They could be going through a messy divorce. They want to sell their house quick. Uh, if they got a job transfer and they have to sell really fast, they can't go through a realtor and do the, you know, they can't wait weeks to sell the house. Maybe they can't sell their house for full market value. So they have to go and find a quicker way to get cash faster. Uh, you inherited a house from like an older relative. It doesn't matter the situation. Uh, as long as you want to sell your house extremely fast for cash, this, uh, you know, done deal investments can help you. Now, how this works is a three-step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you have to contact me. Now I have all my contact information in, um, on Facebook to the right. I think it's to the right on your page. It could be on the left, but it's on the side of the page or it could even be, uh, be below, but I have all my information website, which is www.dundealinvestment.com. We have uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I have my phone number up there. So you could text me, call me, um, email me at dundealinvestments at outlook.com. And I think that's basically everything that I have right now. You can go, I said the website, but, um, just contact me and I'm just going to ask you some very, very basic questions. All it's going to ask you is just, you know, what, what financial condition you're trying to get out of and basically what the condition of your property is. Cause I need to know both in order to help you out and better understand the situation that you're trying to get out of. Now, step two involves me scheduling an appointment with you at your property. And from there, I'm just going to bring a, an estimate sheet. I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside your property. And what I'm basically doing is on the estimate sheet, I'm going to write down like, all right, we got to fix, you know, the broken window. We got to fix your roof. We got to fix, uh, you have a leak. We have to fix anything that it's in a, a cost to the investor. I have to physically write down to let the investor know. And the reason I'm taking the pictures, the 10 pictures, is because when I go and find you an investor, I don't want all this traffic coming to your house. So I could just send them the pictures, send them, you know, how much it's going to cost to roughly fix up the property. And then that person, that investor knows what he's walking into, into the deal. Now, the third step, number three, is uh, I have to go and run comps on your, on your property so how I do this is I try to find the three closest houses that I possibly can find that have sold on the market. That's how I get the average price. From there, all I'm going to do is to deduct the, the actual cost of the investor, so anything that's uh, basically an expense to the investor, and that's the price that we negotiate on. So when we negotiate, um, from there, what we're trying to do is we're trying to come to a, um, an agreement on the price and the terms. So if you need to stay in the house for three weeks, if you need to stay in it for like another like two weeks, um, you know, whatever you need to get you, you know, to get you comfortably out of this, you know, to get you through this deal, I'm going to, I'm going to work with you. Um, so my job really is to help you 
and help the investor at the same time. So I'm basically just trying to make sure everything's aligned, that I'm basically your spokesman and I'm also the investor's spokesman basically. Like I'm just trying to get the deal together and make sure everything runs smoothly and you're, and you're basically taken care of. Um, from there, um, then we just you know go into a contract agreement. You sign, I sign, investor signs on the deal. And then what happens is the investor takes ownership of the property, um, we'll pay you in, in the cash agreement that we agreed on. The investor will then try to you know put some capital into the property, flip it, make money on the deal, you know, make some more capital for the, his business. You'll walk away with the cash. I'll help you in whatever way you need. If you need a real estate agent, you need um, a home inspector, you need uh, financing, whatever you need, I'll help you out. I'll find it for you. Um, I have certain resources I can already give you. And then um, you'll walk away from your financial situation scot-free because most of the time what happens is you're, you're either financially, uh, your credit's financially screwed up because you, you, you're going into bankruptcy or um, you lose all the money on the deal, right? You lose all the money that was invested within the mortgage. And the, you don't, there's really not a lot of resources for homeowners. Like most people try to go to the banks. The banks normally give you the financing and that's it. They don't really give you another resource to help you out if you're behind on payments, you're behind on taxes. Um, there's really no other resource that'll help you out. Uh, so basically from there, you'll just take the money and you go and find something that you can afford and you'll get out of the financial situation. Now, Dundeal Investments is going to make a little bit of a profit on this because we're doing all the legwork. We're putting together the deal. We're finding you. We're trying to get you out of the financial situation. We're you know working with the investor to help him make some money on the deal. So we're going to get a finder's fee. That's going to come from the investor, which is the best part about the whole entire process you don't have to worry about paying done deal investments commission. The investor will pay done deal investments um, commission on it. Now uh, from there, what happens is uh, it's basically it actually. <laughs> I don't know why I want to try to go into something else, but it's basically the whole thing. Now what I want to try to do with done deal investments is basically get it to a point where we, we have all the resources lined up uh, for homeowners. So, that's basically what it's more generated towards. Eventually, you know, probably make it, you know, help investors a lot more. But right now I'm trying to make a, something where it, it's going to help a lot of homeowners out because I feel like investors have the resources. It's the home, homeowners that don't really have the resources. So what I'm going to try to do is add a bunch of different resources on. So once we get you out of the financial situation you're in, I can then get you into, um, you know, we'll have real estate agents that can go and find you deals on housing that you want to go buy. Then, we, then we'll have home inspections where we can go and inspect a home. All right, we found out it's a good investment for you. Now we got to go get you financing. So we'll have financing on done deal investments. We're just trying to make it so it's a one-stop shop where you don't have to go and find five or six other resources uh, or other companies to do the, the work that you need. We're trying to make it all right there, accessible, available to that seller or that homeowner. And then eventually, you know, I'll probably help investors. But uh, for right now, I'm just I'm trying to help a lot more of the the seller, the the person that really needs the help, that needs the resource. Uh, from there, um, you know, I, I, that's that's basically what I have lined up. I'm trying to get home inspections right now. I'm about a week away, two weeks away from finishing accounting one, and then I'll have my two year degree. So from there, I'm just gonna go and invest some money into home inspections, and I'm gonna try to get licensed in home inspections. And what I'm going to do for the first couple of months when I'm, you know, certified, once I get certified, it's probably going to take me like, I'd say like maybe three to four months to go, you know, go through the course, get all the stuff done, get certified, 
uh, be licensed and everything. And from there, I'm going to do free home inspections. All right. So if you want to be put on a list to get a free home inspection, normally these home inspections are about uh, $150 to $200. So if you want a free home inspection, I'll put you on a pre-service list. So you can reach out to me through the website, text me, whatever you want to do. And I'm going to make a list of people I got to call once I get um, certified. So I can come and do a, a free home inspection for you. Now, um, from, you know, I don't know what the next move after that is. The, you know, I go step by step and I try to work my way through. But right now I'm trying to do home inspections. So that's basically everything I can update you guys with Done Deal Investments. Um, I'm going to wrap it up right now. This has been episode 73 of Goals and Updates. I'm going to try to have some uh, guest speakers on this show, and we'll try to get a little bit more engaging or engagement from those people. And, uh, yeah, so, again, my name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.